We are back for our main topic discussion this week, and uh, Nick's been on me for a few weeks now to get on FlickChart. Uh, I guess this has been around for a long time, like you said, right? Yeah, um, it's been around at least a decade. Okay. Uh, it's a fun little game. Uh, I really wish it was an app, and maybe uh, we can support them in that somehow <laughs> to make it into an app a little bit easier than the... Uh, kind of the web format that they have, but it's fun. It's just a fun little game. You uh, get two movies to come up in, in poster form, and you choose which one you like better. Yeah, uh, and it has options under each movie. If you have not seen it, you can click that, and it will replace it with a different movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a button if you haven't seen either movie, and it will replace both of them. And it takes these movies that you rank, and it builds a top 100 300 thousand however much however long you want to keep going with this thing list and it it saves it to your account and it will bring the same movies back from time to time against other movies and then if you really want to dial in your list you can they have these settings where you can rank uh only movies in my list and it will quit giving you new movies it hasn't give you before and as you rank movies from your list, they'll move up and down based on how many times and what you're choosing it over. And you can narrow it down even further by like, I only want to rank the top 50 movies on my list or the top 20 movies on my list. Mm-hmm. And it'll pair those off so you can really fine tune your list as what's better than what. And I tell you, it'll put you in a personal quandary sometimes with <laughs> yes. the movies it gives you. And you're like, oh, how do I pick one? It's like picking between my kids. <laughs> exactly so. yeah and what i was doing last night kind of in preparation for the 80s is you can filter by just 80s movies mm-hmm. so it'll just throw up there just 80s stuff so i went through a bunch last night kind of ranking back and forth and then i finally look back at my top 10 and i'm like what is batman forever doing in my top 10 so <laughs> <laughs> you can click on that uh, specific movie and then it'll give you more against your list that's already built and you can kind of move up and down based on choices there. That'll give you like seven or eight. So yeah. And a little disclaimer though, this is not 100% accurate because there are movies that it just don't pop up unless you purposely search for them, which is another nice feature. You can search for a movie and add it to your chart and then it'll put that movie against like six or seven other movies on your list so it knows where to position it on your list when you add it. Yeah. But this list, I would say my list is probably, I'm going to say 75 to 80% accurate. There are some movies that I know off the top of my head are not on the list that may actually be in my top 10 that are just nowhere on my chart right now. But it's a pretty good general representation of the type of movies that I like and Mm-hmm. I believe your list will probably be the same way, and most people's would be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'd say this one's pretty close, but yeah, there's probably some that just have missed me altogether. And at some point, I might just go to like my couple drawers of Blu-rays and look through and just start adding movies that I know are not in the list. Because I, you know, what what else are you going to reference by? Well, I'll just go through my collection and see, make sure these ones in there and. Mm-hmm. you can kind of tackle it that way. But yeah, this was fun, man. I just spent, uh, last night we threw on something on TV. I can't remember what we were watching. I think it was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> I was just uh, going through and, and ranking, 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 and 
here we are. We're at our top 10. We filtered by just the 80s. You know what? We need a flick chart version that's just television shows. We do. That would be fun. We need a flick chart that's just cartoons. That would be uh, fun. I have seen that someone is currently making a video game version of flick chart. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe you could do it, you know, by decade or by system then like arcade or just Nintendo mm-hmm. or Sega or yeah. So yeah, we need that more flick fun. chart versions of everything. Okay. I think they've got <laughs> like a, uh, I think I saw somewhere where you can donate. Maybe it's a, I don't know if it's a Patreon or whatever it is, but I'd be in for it if they're going to do something like that or, Kind of get off this uh, <laughs> this kind of clunky format. This is like old school internet right here, man. Yeah, but it is so nice though. It's but a it great works. time killer. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It just it works. So yep. and that's all you wanted to do. So I guess we're gonna start in reverse order, and we'll just kind of go through our top ten here from the '80s, and we'll I guess see if there's any that maybe missed one of us or why is this one so high or, you know, Mm -hmm. it'll be fun. And then once we get through our top 10, we'll click over to our unseen list from the eighties and we'll see what exactly we're missing out of there. And you guys can uh, write in and (laughs) let us have it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'll tell you what, my retro cred is going to take a serious hit when we get to the unseen list. (laughs) Okay. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Number 10 on my 80s movie flick chart, 1984 Ghostbusters. Okay. It made your top 10. I'm good, I'm good yeah. with that. It's in the top 10, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's in my top 10. But probably higher than 10, though, right? Higher than 10, yes. <laughs> like I said, 10. this is not a 100% accurate right. thing, but yeah, it's in my top 10. Okay. Number 10 for me is The Karate Kid. Really? That low? Yep. 1984 on that one as well. Yeah, there's, um, I don't know. There's a couple in here that it could be a little bit higher, but I'm not certain if I can put it higher or not. But it's still uh, one of my favorites. And I still refuse to this day to watch the remake. I will never watch the remake. No, but I really love Cobra Kai show, though. That's now, a great yeah, show. Now, I wouldn't call that a remake, so to speak. I'm talking about the movie with Jackie Chan and Will ah. Smith's kid. Yeah, I'm not going to be watching that. All right. Number nine on my list, <clears throat> back from 1981. This is probably not in your list, probably not in that, a lot of people's list. The Cannonball Run with Burt Reynolds. Oh, I, I have Lewis. seen that. I can't appreciate that pick. That's mm-hmm. just a fun, fun movie. And, you know, that is dying for a modern remake with modern celebrities and sports figures and all the cameo roles. True. That could be a big summer blockbuster. Now, this necessarily, I guess it's kind of in the same vein. Back in high school, at the end of every school year, uh, our homeroom teacher, who was also our basketball coach, he would let us watch a movie and it was only under the premise that he had to be able to show his favorite movie that week as well. And his favorite movie was It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Have you ever yeah, seen that's that? A, yeah, that's a good movie. They used to play it on TBS a lot. Right. So we, And that's a long movie. It's at least two hours. Uh, I remember it being like torturous. <laughs> I just <laughs> could never get into it. And then they made uh, Rat Race. 
back. Yeah, that was a fun uh, movie. That was what maybe late nineties, early two thousands, mid nineties to late nineties. Yes. Okay, that was in kind of that same vein, and that one was fun. Uh, I just saw them both like pop up on I think it was Netflix this week, uh, or maybe it was Amazon, one or the other. So they're out there. I don't know if I'm gonna push play on either of those but <laughs> cannibal run has that same kind of go cross country racing you know type of premise right i mean it's yeah you know you got burt reynolds dom DeLuise, roger moore jaws from the james bond movies and he's paired up with jackie chan <laughs> when this little technological car that can go underwater and stuff and uh-huh. you got mel tillis and terry bradshaw tony danza dean martin uh Sammy Davis Jr., Catherine Bach, Farrah Fawcett—you name them, they're in there. Yeah. Jamie Farr—it's just such a nobody. Maybe well, Burt Reynolds and Tom DeLuise have a lot of screen time, but nobody else is in that movie for more than like seven minutes. <laughs> but it's like a competition on who can who can outshine who in the movie. Everybody is hamming it up and going yeah. so over the top with their part. It's just wonderful, <laughs> and it would do so well as a remake today. That, you know, you could have, I don't know, The Rock and somebody as a team. And you could even <laughs> have Jackie Chan and somebody else. And yeah, it, it's I, just, you could work a lot of people in. That would work, I, I think, pretty pretty well. And then you got those two babes in the Lamborghini, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, could be where I fell in love with the Lamborghini Countach. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, they're in the ambulance right for in one of them and what is it the first one that they're in i can't remember but yeah i can't remember you're you're racing across the country as fast as you can and they they got it they're in the ambulance so that was the other movie they were in a uh, military vehicle burt reynolds was dressed as a general and dom deloise was his driver trying to get him to the (laughs) pentagon or something of course then you got sammy davis jr and dean martin dressed as priests (laughs) <laughs> driving in a Ferrari or something. <laughs> oh gosh, I need to go back and watch those. They made—is it three? They made. I th- think so, but only the first two are worth watching. Okay, I'll have to go find those. Keenan Ball Run. All right, uh, number nine for me, nineteen eighty-one Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm, I'm surprised. I figured that was going to be on your list and higher. I, th- I think it's about right. Um, just looking uh, again at the at the other movies that are on here, um, definitely my favorite among the the Indiana Jones trilogy, but just slightly higher than Crusade because Crusade is really one that I've, I if I'm going to pick up one, I, I'm probably going to choose that one to watch. But the first one was just you know obviously it started it all, so I got to put that above it. Um, just uh, I don't know. I love the Indiana Jones trilogy. I, I can watch Temple of Doom too. Some people would prefer to skip that one, but if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch the whole, all three of them. Uh, yes, I'm well, purposely leaving out number four. I am current. I'm of the current opinion. I could skip it, you know, myself. But uh, there was a guy used to be on YouTube, and you can still find this stuff. I'm not going to say where, but people Google it, you'll find it. He takes movies that he always felt should be in black and white, and he turns them black and white. And Raiders of the Lost Ark was one of the movies, and I swear it is better in black and white. It it just feels like it should have been a black and white movie. 
So interesting. Okay. People can search that. It gives you a different perspective. It's like, oh wow, so this was made in the fifties or whatever, and it just it fits the story so much better. Cool. Okay. Number eight on my list, nineteen eighty three, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yep. You think that's a little low? Uh Compared to mine, it is, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it depends on if you've got uh, Empire in there as well. I do not have Empire on my list. I'll go ahead and spoil okay. that. So, so you you rank uh, Return higher than Empire? Well, no, but that's where the slight flaw in flick chart comes. It seems like I get Return of the Jedi about once every 10 movies, and I get Empire Strikes Back about once every 50 oh, okay. or 75, you know? And it, so, and okay. I've not taken the time to go through every movie on the list and rank them individually. So, But I do prefer Empire Strikes Back better than Return of the Jedi. I could swap those two and knock Return of the Jedi out of the top 10 and put Empire there and be just fine with it. Okay. I'm good with that. Good with that. Uh, number eight for me. 1987, my favorite Mel Brooks movie, Spaceballs. Oh. Uh, yeah, I could watch Spaceballs on infinite repeat. I love it so much. It is really good. <laughs> <laughs> and it just works. I mean, all of the just, you know, glorious Mel Brooks jokes that he puts in there. And him as President Scroob and... Even the little bit parts, you know, uh, Michael Winslow as the radar guy. and Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Out gosh. there combing the desert. Combing the, yeah. <laughs> you oh, found anything? Uh, we ain't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So many great lines in that. Yeah. It's very good. Um, so that's my number eight. All right, number seven for me, we just kind of briefly touched on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That is okay. my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Uh, I'm a World War II buff, and the interaction in this movie with that theme is pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean Connery just yeah. was helped make that movie with that character and the way he played it. And Absolutely. it just it feels like the biggest epic of the Indiana Jones stories. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, just the whole journey, and then to you get that little bit of mysticism at the end with the night, and yeah, it just seemed like the ultimate Indiana Jones adventure. Right, and, uh, and everything in that movie, it just everything hit. There was no misses yes. that they put in that movie. Absolutely, I definitely agree with that. And that's what just killed me because, you know, at the end of the movie, they ride off into the sunset. That should have been it, man. That, I was I, I was ready for Indiana Jones to be done, you know. Right. That was just fit it perfect. And if you wanted to do something else, Indiana Jones, they could have made a better version. I liked it as it was, but the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, you could go backwards and tell whatever mm -hmm. stories you want, you know. But you're right. That should have been the last everything else Indiana Jones should have been set in a time before the ending of that movie. Yeah. I've watched some of the young Indiana Jones, but I can't remember just sitting down and watching the whole series. Well, so. I have, and I enjoy it, but you know, it was made at a time. If it was made now for one of these Disney streaming services, hint, hint, 
people listening from Disney. <laughs> um, with the technology today, it could be such a better series. It could be really, really good, you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, number seven for me, 1984. I'm getting a lot of 84 picks. Oh, I remember watching this. Uh, I was invited to a birthday party at a, a hunting camp. And we, they, <laughs> they had electricity there, obviously, because we, they rented the movie and scared the crap out of me with the wolf. Huh. The never ending story. <laughs> Love the never ending story so much. And, <sighs> I tried to get my kids into it. They are like, that wolf, it looks like it's a total animatronic. I mean, they, they just could not buy into the, the puppetry and just the technology of the time with all of the creatures and characters in the movie. So it didn't have that that I remember as a kid and being just totally scared of, I think it's Gamork, the, the wolf, mm-hmm. and just following them throughout the movie. Um, but, uh, it's, that one's just an epic to me. Love the story. Um, I can't say enough about it. It's just, it's so like part of the eighties for me. Well, I'm going to lose a little retro cred here. I didn't like it. Okay. I never, I never could. I've never watched all of it. I, I just couldn't get into it. I just didn't appeal to me. Now, when did you watch it? When do you remember like trying to watch it back then or? Yeah, I tried. It was in the mid to late eighties at some point. And then I tried it again in the nineties. I just couldn't get into it either time. Okay. Well, that's, that's not losing cred. If you, if you just, if you've seen it and you didn't like it, I mean, I've just got such a childhood connection to it that it's, I've got to put it up there pretty high on the list. (laughs) So. Well, anyway. now we're getting into the sweet spot of my list. You, you're a never-ending story kind of guy. I'm this kind of guy. 1980, The Blues Brothers. Ah. And actually, you could make a case for this movie being anywhere from sixth all the way to first, and I would not argue with it. Mm-hmm. I love I, The Blues Brothers. It's got, it's got to be close to my top ten. I'm trying to find it. It's a little lower, I guess, than what I rank. But I love the Blues Brothers, and it wasn't until it probably wasn't until like that rental era of the early '90s that I really like watched it, fell in love with it. Uh, even some on cable, I, probably TBS or TNT ran it a lot back then as well. So, yeah. I well, love speaking Blues of Brothers. the rental era, our rental era started in the mid to late '80s. My uncle Ernest had a VCR and would rent movies and since he lived next to us in the summertime i'd go over and watch whatever he rented with him and my cousin and the blues brothers was one of the very first movies that i watched there on vcr and i loved it ever since then ever since the the bridge jump scene at the beginning when i seen that as a kid i'm like yes yes (laughs) that's who you know you you talk to your guidance counselor and they're like okay we're going to talk about what you're going to do when you're i was like i want to be on a mission from god that's what i want to (laughs) do The scene that made that movie for me is the mall. The mall. When they're destroying <laughs> yep. the mall. You know, that oh would be my a fun gosh. article to dissect that scene, you know, freeze frame the it. stores and in the mall. Yeah. The Lincolns are in early this year. Yeah. <laughs> that last one, they're busting through the JCPenney. Yep. Yeah. That was great. And what, you know, what better product placement? You know, you're not, it's not heavy handed. You're just 
Oh, you're just kind of strolling through the mall. And And that was a mall that had been closed down or was closing down, one or the other, and they filmed it there. Mm -hmm. So Another uh, John Candy, you could say, movie. Hey, um, we're in a truck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Hold on one second. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure the Blues Brothers still holds the records for the most destroyed vehicles in a movie. Oh, I, I would not doubt that. <laughs> well, when they made Blues Brothers 2000, they set out purposely to break that record, and someone miscounted by two, and they came up one short of their own You're record. You're kidding me. You're no. kidding me. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I Go just, ahead. I just remember all of those police cars, and that's just... You can't watch that and not have like a perpetual smile on your face as you're watching all those police cars get destroyed. Yep. And they're jumping them into each other. And I mean, oh, it was great. Great movie. Good pick. Uh, number six for me. Oh, yes. Yes. I could make a case for putting part two ahead of this, but it's first blood. Ah. Mm. I love part two. And that was. Part two was more my introduction to Rambo than the first one. But over the years, yeah, I I love First Blood. Well, First Man. Blood is sitting at number 12 on my list. So it's just okay. outside of my top 10. And I think it feels like a different movie than Rambo 2 or 3 does. Oh, definitely. I, I just, I really, really like First Blood. Yeah, I I, I like it too. Part two, I mean, just, oh my gosh, the, the, just everything about it. I love, but the, you can't go wrong. Brian Dennehy. Oh my gosh. I love him as an actor. Uh, where is cocoon cocoon is like high up on my list as well. Didn't make my top 10, but I, I don't know what it is about him. Of course, you know, he's the dad of Tommy boy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> He made that movie too for me. Just yeah, as much as as much yeah. as Stallone did. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Okay. Top five. Number, number five on my list: National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 1989. I am not sure how. It's probably because it only came up last night when I was ranking, but it did not crack my top ten, and it should be easily in my top five. Mm-hmm. We will have to revisit this again during the Christmas season, and we will somehow pull all of our Christmas movies oh, off the of flat yes. chart and put them in a list. But for now, though, this is my number five 80s movie. It is iconic, as iconic of a Christmas movie as anything else to me. It is required viewing not once, probably not twice, but at least three times from Thanksgiving <laughs> to Christmas every year. Mm-hmm. And like I may have said before, the wife can't sleep without the television on. So we, we'll put some movie in and it'll play all night. During the Christmas season, I'm popping that DVD in multiple times just to listen to as I'm falling asleep. Yeah. It's perfect. It is. I could listen to just the audio of that in the car and be totally satisfied. Mm-hmm. Because I, love, I could see every scene in my head. I could I just listen too. to it. So. Yeah. My wife gets annoyed at me because if you watch it with me, you're I'm quoting along with it and you know, people get annoyed by that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you really love the movie. Like I do, you're not going to mind and you're going to be quoting it along with me, you know, but 
Yeah. I, people know, you may not know, because I don't know how long we've been friends on Facebook, but every, uh, it's the uh, the Saturday after Black Friday, sometimes that Friday on Black Friday, I become Jason Grosswald on Facebook. <laughs> and I uh, changed my photo to <laughs> Chevy Chase. And um, I think I remember that. Yes. Yeah. I, that's like a, ever since I've been on Facebook, like 10 years ago, nine years ago, whatever it's been, I do that every Christmas. And I do nothing but like Christmas vacation quotes. So <laughs> very good choice. Uh, again, I'm surprised I don't have it on here. Uh, five for me is Return of the Jedi. Ah, a little higher than I had it. Mm-hmm. Well, you Five. mentioned being at the birthday party and watching that movie. It made me think I wanted to throw this in here. I went to a guy named Lance's birthday party back in the late 80s, and his mother had rented movies. You know, for those of us who got there early that Friday afternoon, like 5 p.m., it was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Return of the Jedi was what she had picked up. Nice. So Nice back-to-back there. All right. No thoughts on Return of the Jedi? I mean, well, I thought we kind of covered it, but... Oh, okay. I'll, I'll even give you my number four. My number four is Empire. So oh. I ranked four and five were Empire and Return of the Jedi on my list. So, Well, where would the original be if it had came out in the 80s? Would it be been right there grouped with them or higher or lower? It would be higher. Really? It probably okay. is higher on my normal list. Yeah, I mean, I... Empire is just a little bit higher because I remember vividly being at somebody's house and they had it on. And that was like, when I saw Yoda, I was just enthralled. And I I don't know, that's that being like the first introduction of Yoda, the Ewoks. Yeah. Okay. I love the Ewoks. I, I'm not, not knocking them at all, but, um, don't I like knock the Ewok. <laughs> don't knock. The, I need a bumper sticker. Yeah. Don't knock the Ewoks. Um, the uh, Empire is a little bit higher than Return of the Jedi. I think Our Empire story. had a better story, but I enjoyed the the just the visuals of Return of the Jedi more. But the story in Empire was much better. Okay, so you can give me uh, number four and I guess number three. Okay, number four. 1985 Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Oh, wow. That's high on your list. It is. I love that movie. It was another one of the original movies I saw on the VCR at Ernest's house. Mm-hmm. My cousin Tim and I loved it, loved everything about Teen Wolf. I was a big fan of the cartoon when it came out after that. And Michael J. Fox is up there with me where we talked about Tom Hanks a couple weeks ago as being mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Everything he's in is good. I've always enjoyed everything. I've seen Michael J. Fox in. Shame that his health went the way it did in his prime. But, yeah, Teen Wolf really high on my list. It just, I don't know. It, it's a short, easy, it's one of the easiest hour and a half movies you can watch, I think. It just breezes by. There's no slow spots in it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, those surfing on top of the van. Yeah, it's just classic '80s movie right there. I rewatched it uh, probably maybe four or five, six months ago. First time I had watched it probably in 15 years, and yeah, it was a it, like you said, it's a nice, easy movie to watch. I didn't really, I, I never watched the cartoon, and uh, I remember watching it more as a '90s rental than anything really. 
so I didn't really have that uh, real connection with it. But yeah, I didn't obviously make my top ten, but it's 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 a fun movie. Our friend Adam here on the Retro Network, I think it was last year, and I think it may have been for RetroCon. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. So I know you where know where going. I'm going. I know where you're going. Yeah. He created that whole costume in the white suit with the fur hands. He was Michael J. He was Teen Wolf going to the prom. Yeah. So that was excellent. And I'm going to go out on another limb here. It's kind of an unpopular opinion, but I didn't think Teen Wolf 2 was that bad of a movie with Jason Bateman. I, I had probably watched it like once and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's I not as good as Teen much Wolf, about but... it. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to number three, 1985. This movie, I could watch this movie over and over and over again, which is a great sign for any movie you're putting in your top five. You have to be able to rewatch them over and over and over again. Right. The height of the Cold War, Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. I love Rocky. Nice. I love all the Rocky movies, but Rocky IV is my favorite. I was going to say, if I'm watching a Rocky, it's probably four Yeah, out of all of them. Um, I, put Rocky four, I put Rocky four first, then I put the original Rocky, then number three, then number two, and five, I don't, I mean, it's always at the bottom of the list. Yeah, that sounds about right. I could maybe interchange two and three. I grew to love... List. Well, I like Rocky Three so good because of Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Right. But, uh, oh, and there's an interesting scene. I screenshot this oh, about two years ago when we were watching it. The wife and I were watching it on the big screen here at home, and they're early in the movie in Rocky Three. They're, they're unveiling the Rocky statue, and they've got the marching band there, and they're showing the drummers. And before you ask, no, he was not farting on the snare drum. <laughs> but they show the drum corps there, and I... I Stop. I said, did you see that? She's like, see what? And I rewound it and zoomed in on the snare drum. It had an autograph from Mr. T. And she said, so I said, this kid who's there to film this scene got Mr. <laughs> T to autograph because it's autographed as Mr. T, not Clubber Lang. Like, Mr. <laughs> T, sir, can I have your autograph? And then they filmed the scene. And I screenshot that and put it on Twitter at one point. But oh, cool. uh, my love for Rocky Four started because my dad was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And there was a, you know, I've talked about, he traveled a lot and there was a hotel up in, uh, West Virginia headed into Pennsylvania. They're called the wilderness plantation Inn. and mm-hmm. back in the eighties, there was nothing around it, but back in the eighties, their technology was great. They had this directory of movies in the room that you would call down to the office and tell them what movie number you want oh, to watch nice. and they'd pump it through to your room early pay-per-view, I guess. And we would stop there four or five times a summer. And every time we stayed, we were watching Rocky Four and eating Domino's pizza. So, probably my favorite soundtrack too. Rocky oh, that, yeah, that is a great soundtrack. Hearts right. on Fire and uh, Burning Heart. Yeah, yep. Living in America. Mm-hmm. The epitome of the Cold War summed up in a uh, ninety-one minute <laughs> movie, right there. Yep. Good choice. All right, number three, Batman, nineteen eighty-nine. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I could... Uh, Not surprised. I could definitely watch that one on 24-hour loop <laughs> and go to sleep to it and wake up to it. Um, yeah, it was just so polarizing and Batman being my favorite character. I, I remember you know, watching the 
66 show as a kid. And then when that came out, that just blew my mind. So I still, you know, love it. Uh, I'll put it above even the, you know, Batman Begins, that whole trilogy, Dark Knight. I, I still want to really? watch 89. Yep. Hmm. Well, it's not on my top 10 list. I like the movie okay. It just didn't connect with me like it did a lot of people. It was my first drive-in movie experience. We talked about that mm-hmm. earlier this summer. But I should have guessed that would have been high on your list just from the way we've talked about it so much. Yeah, and not like I talked about a uh, Batman Trapper Keeper to, to start the show either. So. Oh, well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> All right, two to go. My, my number two movie is on your list farther down. 1984, The Karate Kid. Okay. That movie, uh, I've probably watched that movie, well, not more than any other movie on this list. My number one movie, I've watched more than any other movie on this list. But uh, it's just a perfect story from beginning to end. The whole, yeah. I ain't going to say dorky kid, but you know, he's, it's like he's getting picked on and beat up on. And Mr. Miyagi character was so perfectly written and played by Pat Morita. and. Yeah. Ralph Macchio was just perfect as Daniel and it speaks to just how good this movie was and how much it resonated. The fact that 30 years later, we got the, uh, the sequel series or 35 years later, I guess almost. So I love that movie. I just watched it. Well, we talked earlier in the show on three copies of it on DVD (laughs) (laughs) and I just watched it two weeks ago. Have you seen the video that, puts Daniel as the bully in that uh I just believe kind of from that I perspective. Yeah, from the way they cut it. Yeah, I believe yeah. I have seen where somebody done that. It's really good. And if you watch it now and having watched Cobra Kai, it's it's perfect. You know, because they <laughs> they that's kind of a role reversal, you know, in the series. And right. it's uh it's fun to watch now, but even with that uh, show under your belt. So yeah, can't say enough Good about the credit kid. Uh, number two for me, I'm curious if, if it may be number one for you. Uh, Back to the Future is number two for it me. It is not oh, number one okay. for me. Back to the Future, I remember getting it as an early rental. And even in the upcoming uh, VHS podcast, we're going to be talking about just some of our memories and such. And now, if I want to watch Back to the Future, I would rather watch it on VHS, just <laughs> because it, it just watching it in that format versus you know digitally enhanced and all this stuff that they have now. It's I don't know. It just kind of takes me back, and I kind of prefer to watch it that way, in all of its graininess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Back to the Future trilogy. I I actually would put number two ahead of number one myself. But, uh, yeah, it's not on my list. And there again, it's a victim of just not coming up frequently enough on here Mm -hmm. to be voted higher. Okay. Well, before we get to my number one, I'm going to run this by you. Do you want to just take a stab at what my number one might be? Um, Ernest Goes to Camp? No, no, that's a, that's a, (laughs) that's that's a legacy choice. You know, that's, that's not on the list. Um, no. I don't. Was it on my list at all? No, not so far. No. All right. Well, I won't. I won't make you sweat it out anymore. Okay. Number one, going back to 1983, Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Oh, uh, okay. 
So Christmas yeah. Story above Christmas Vacation. Yes. Yes. And I was on the Christmas Story bandwagon before it had a bandwagon. Before I moved, I moved in 1988. Before I moved, a Christmas story was shown on our local Fox affiliate at some point. This would have been like 86 or 87. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just fell in love with it then. And I kept talking about it. And somehow we caught it coming on a second time and we recorded it. And I still have that VHS recording. I think it's from (laughs) 1987 with all the commercials from that Fox affiliate. So I go all the way back to then. It didn't really get popular until the early two thousands, but, uh, it is, I I am, a besides their nostalgia for the eighties and nineties, I just sit and think and look and wonder at all the, the era of the forties and fifties. And, uh, that movie is a perfect, it captures all of that. And I don't know. It's just like a simpler time. And, it's what I think of of Christmas, and, and we do so much. It's like that. Take the kids out shopping and go to the Christmas parade, and we have a Christmas dinner, and you know, no presents until Christmas morning, and it, it's just a perfect reflection. And I mentioned earlier the guy who done black and white movies. Uh-huh. The black and white version of A Christmas Story is 10 times better than the color version. It 100% feels like it should be a black and white movie when you see it in black and white. Interesting. Interesting. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find when they started airing it. 24 hours on Christmas Eve. Looks like it would have been uh, very late 90s or early 2000s. 1997. Yeah. It began on TNT. 24 hours of Christmas Story. So it probably wasn't up until that point that I, you know, really fell in love with the movie. When they started showing it, and then you come back to it, or or you just you know, go about your day, get your Christmas presents open, and then you run it through the channels again. You see it's still on. Okay, I'll watch it through this part. And Well, I tell you, we do 48 hours of a Christmas story oh, <laughs> here yeah? at our house because we're, we, you know, we're cord cutters. We've talked about that. But I'll put the DVD in in, in our living room on uh, the morning of Christmas Eve while we're making cookies and all this and put it on repeat, and it won't come off until Christmas night is over. I mean, we watch it. Well, it's on for 48 hours here. So nice. We love it. Or I love it. Everybody else has to deal with it because I love it. <laughs> I like putting on. Did you have the uh, the Christmas Yule log experience on the TV at all in your area? I grew up with an actual fireplace. So, no, I missed out. On uh, that. See, we didn't have an actual. <laughs> we didn't have the fireplace, but we had WPIX out of New York who started that. And that's like a tradition for me. To find somewhere, sometimes it's on. I think it is on YouTube now. Yeah, and the I'll, actual WPIX version is. Yeah. Yes. So we'll put that on while we're opening presents on Christmas morning. Or I'll let me put that. Take that back. I'll put it on, <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll come off after we're done. But I don't know. It's just that tradition of having that on in the background. Christmas it's also morning. on Amazon Prime too i'm pretty sure they've got a couple different newer versions of it too but anyway good pick i I like that as a number one that's good and uh, if you haven't guessed by now number one for me is ghostbusters yeah i was thinking that where i it hadn't popped up on your list yet yeah it's um 
I'm pretty sure it's the first one I ever saw in the theater as a kid. Because I don't specifically remember the occurrence, but from everything that I had that year, from the the 45 record to the light blue back off man on my Ghostbusters sweatshirt, um, <laughs> I was enthralled with the movie since the beginning, and it's just always been so high on my list. Uh, and I'm not sure where it's going to be on my regular list, but it might be up there close to the top, if not number one, by the time we're all said and done here. So, yeah, Ghostbusters all the time. Well, you talk about having that merchandise. This was another movie that I watched on VCR with my Uncle Ernest. So I was two years removed from the release of the movie, so I missed out on the merchandise. I was really big into the merchandise when the second movie came out because, you know, I love the first one, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, here comes the second one, but... Yeah, I missed out on the whole hype around it when it first came out. I was oblivious to its existence until I watched the VHS that day. Yeah. I've taken the oldest when it came back to theaters for the 30th. That was a fun experience. And it, I don't know. I just, I love it. And it's just tied back to that, you know, memory of, watching it early on and having all those things around it. What we didn't have like action figures when it came out, it was just strictly merch Mm -hmm. t-shirts and mugs and keychains and whatever else you could put that logo on, you know? So you didn't get action figures until the cartoon series came out. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, it just purely logo based and the song, uh, being so popular as well, just helped, keep that uh, and build that momentum. I think it was released maybe in the summer of that year. And it was probably still in the theaters, you know, months later. So <laughs> when things ran back then, but yeah, Ghostbusters number one for me. All right, well, let's take a quick look at our, uh, unseen movies list. Oh gosh. You're worrying me here now. Let's just run. You want to just run through our full 10, Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I don't want to stop too long to have you chastise me for not seeing these. So, yeah, we'll just run through them pretty quick. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to figure out how they, I guess this is based on how they're ranked with everybody else is how they rank them on here. Right. Yeah. So, because the first one I'm going to mention is, is actually averages out as number 21 movie of all time across all users on Flickchart. I see that. I see that. So that sounds like it'd be a very popular movie, you know, 21st all time across all flick chart users. But I have not watched The Shining with Jack Nicholson. I have seen it once, I think. <laughs> and that was probably like a cable version, like an edited version. I don't think I've ever sat down and popped in a tape or DVD or whatever to watch it. I shining. tell you what, I'll just, I'll run through my whole list right quick and then we'll run through yours. Okay. This next, this one is where I'm going to lose retro cred. Number 33 all time, Bruce Willis in the original Die Hard. You'd think as much as I like Christmas movies, I would have watched Die Hard, but I haven't. You've never watched Die Hard. Okay. I've never watched that. I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. I've not watched Die Hard 2 either, by the way. <laughs> I started I don't think with I've seen Die Jackson. Hard 2. Yeah. Uh, Next on my list, Blade Runner. I missed. Oh, gosh, this one's painful to say out loud. Aliens from 1986. 
now, the Full Metal Jacket is on here. I've seen most of that, but I've probably clicked, haven't seen it because I haven't watched all of it. Uh, yeah. Raging Bull with Robert De Niro. Uh, oh, this last one here is really painful to say. <laughs> I've seen I've seen scenes of it. I know what it is. I've heard so much about it. I don't feel like I need to watch it. The Breakfast Club. <gasps> exactly. I know, right? I know. I know. I've not wow. watched The Breakfast Club. Wow, 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 wow. I don't know what's more egregious, The Breakfast Club or The Matrix. Well, there's one more here. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm going to remedy this one soon because uh, I've been really wanting to watch it recently, and that's Rain Man. I've not watched Rain Man either. Uh, that's, nah, I didn't really care for it. Really? Yeah. I've seen it. I remember watching it on cable. So, it, uh, yeah, that's hit or miss. I would say The Breakfast Club is more egregious than The Matrix because I've had longer to have watched it and had True, it. true. I really don't have too many egregious ones on here. Like, my number one is Raging Bull. Which is 101 all time. So I don't have anything in the top 100 at least that I've got to yet on my Unseen. Now some of them you mentioned, Aliens. I remember watching that probably once or twice. Um, what else did you mention on yours? I can't remember. But anyway, um, here's my list. Raging Bull. The Thing. John Carpenter. <laughs> My Neighbor Torturo. <laughs> no idea what that is. There's a movie called Ran. A uh, movie called The King of Comedy. Robert De Niro. Grave of the Fireflies. You've never seen Grave of the Fireflies? That's like never. number 14 on my list. I'm kidding. Never heard of it. Uh, a movie called Brazil. Uh, number eight is Amadeus. Never seen that. Number nine, Castle in the Sky. Number ten, Hannah and Her Sisters. Yeah, um, Hannah and Her Sisters, a Woody Allen movie. Now here should not be ashamed for not watching a Woody Allen movie. Okay. Now here, I should maybe have done ten through twenty because eleven through twenty because we get uh, Evil Dead Two, Do the Right Thing, American Werewolf in London. Purple Rose of Cairo, The Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 is ahead of that. That's crazy. Yeah, that was some more on the, my top 20. So I don't think there's anything to it. Raging Bull, I, okay, whatever. Uh, I'd rather watch Rocky. <laughs> if you're yes, watching a boxing Rocky movie. Ford. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, of course, you know, they. Uh, that's another movie I want to watch. It came out just a couple years ago. I don't know what it was called, but it was... De Niro and Stallone as aging boxers who get back in the ring for another fight, but this time against each other. So that would hmm. probably be pretty fun to watch. It's less than five years old. Okay. All right. I guess that's it. Um, yeah. So everybody head over to flickchart.com and make your own list. If you can. not it's a great way to kill some time. The breakfast club. Gosh, dude. Well, like I said, I've read so much about it. I've seen scenes. I've, just everybody talks about it. I've read so much about it. If I feel like I have seen it, even though I've not seen it. So maybe that's why I've just put it off so long. Okay. We'll see if you can remedy that. 
Yeah. I just I'll pencil I, it in here in a few years. You know, I and I'm not I'm not going to say I watched it from the beginning. Uh, some of these that are rated R, you know, I just was not allowed near until probably the early 90s when I'm in high school. <laughs> I don't I guess they didn't care, you know, back then when you're renting movies cuz I'd go in and rent R-rated movies all the time before I was whatever, 17, mm-hmm. 18. So yeah. Yeah, so I didn't get into that one and probably I probably didn't watch like the unedited version from, you know, just watching on cable all the time until sometime in the 90s. So it's not like it's always been with me and I've watched it since I was a kid. <laughs> so I can see that some of those just kind of miss you when you're younger and just if you never, you know, circle back to them within, you know, 5 or 10 years when you're old enough to watch R-rated movies. Or at least your parents yeah, they just, let you. They pass you by. 